Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Komodowski with you here, Learning Track at Yoma, page 49, as we continue our lengthy conversation about the incense ritual on Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies in the ancient temple. This was a really rich and, and interesting page full of characteristically sharp Talmudic argumentation. But first I'd like to focus on something that is said on the bet side of the page, which is interesting in and of itself, and in my opinion, an interesting metaphor for what it is that we're doing when we study Talmud. Back in Leviticus chapter 16, we have the description that the Kohen Gadol is only supposed to come into the into the Holy of Holies with a certain pattern of incense. And it says, The Kohen is supposed to take a panful of glowing coals from off the altar, from the Divine Presence. And a, a double handful of, of uh, finely ground incense. And he's supposed to bring those into the uh, into the into the holy of holies within the curtain. and he places the incense upon the coals. and the cloud of incense will cover the ark. and then and then he will not die. But it's pretty hard to figure out exactly how he's supposed to do that. So what what is said is that he's got the double handful of uh, of the of the incense which he puts into a dish, and he carries that in his left hand, as we learned the other day, and he carries the, the pan of burning coals in his right hand, and he comes in. Now, how is he supposed to execute this? Well, it says here, uh, on the top of our bet, bet page, He carries the bowl of the incense on his fingertips, or some people say, holds it in his mouth. And he scoots it along his arm until he can hold it with his elbows. And then he kind of dumps the bowl over so that the contents come into his hands. And then he uh, makes a big pile of the incense on the coals. So that the smoke will rise slowly. Vyeshomrim, and there are others who explain, Mifazara, he scatters all the incense over the glowing coals, Kideshihe Ashanamimaheret Lavo, so that the so that the smoke will come quickly. Vizohi Avodakashashabamikdash. Ah, now that's interesting. This is the most difficult of all of the Kohen Gadol maneuvers. So I, I think this is kind of interesting, and then they go on and the Talmud asks, well, what about some of the other difficult maneuvers? Fine and dandy, but this is said to be among the most difficult. I find this image of the Kohen awkwardly holding the bowl of incense in his mouth or scooting it from his fingertips up to uh, to his elbow to hold the, the, the cup, uh, the handle of the cup in his armpit, strikes me as 
I mean with all reverence, kind of an interesting metaphor for the awkward movements that one sometimes makes when studying Talmud, these, these kind of invented uh, questions that are, that are unrealistic, but they're unrealistic for the purpose of finding a, an interesting intellectual discourse to make something beautiful, which is, of course, what the Kohen Gadol does also. He makes the, makes the beautiful incense smoke. On the previous side of the page, we ask exactly those kinds of questions. For example, carried over from the previous page, what if you reversed hands? Uh, you, you didn't have the, you used your left hand instead of your right hand for the, for the incense uh, coals. What if, what if instead of taking the incense himself, the Kohen Gadol was handed the incense by a third party? An unanswered question. Most of the page is taken up with an, a similarly theoretical question. What if a Kohen died in the middle of, of the Yom Kippur service? He died after he had taken the incense. Can somebody else just take that, that same double handful of in, incense? Or does it have to be, uh, does it have to be the Kohen taking it himself? In the course of that, in the course of that, uh, a discussion is raised, truly incidentally. The main, the main participants in that discussion are Rabbi Hanino, who says, absolutely, the Kohen has to, to, the new, the Kohen has to, the new Kohen has to retake his own handful of incense. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi is, is seen as being in doubt, and we analyze, uh, what the causes of the doubt may be. But in the course of that conversation, we, uh, we cite another, tradition related to Rabbi Joshua ben Levi and Rabbi Hanina that I think is interesting in terms of regular Jewish practice. You may know that in uh, contemporary halakha, throughout the ages, it's been forbidden to take medicine on Shabbat lest you come to grind your own medicine. Now, nowadays, Orthodox people, I think, still hew to this. We, in our corner of the world, even the most conservative of conservative Jews, most traditionalist of conservative Jews, pretty much set this aside. None of us grind our own medication, so one could take a, an aspirin or something like that by, by conservative practice. Although, really, in Orthodox practice, people still avoid any kind of ground medication on Shabbat. Uh, but anyway, in the course of the discussion, something comes up related to this, which I think will be interesting. So, uh, Rabbi Hoshua ben Levi is reported here as saying, hitir uh, Rabbi Hanina lishtot shechalayim b'Shabbat that Rabbi Hanina permitted me to drink this medicinal concoction made out of vegetables uh, on the Sabbath. And Talmud replied, Obviously, he permitted you to drink it. That's not a question at all, because it's taught in the Mishnah. A person can eat or drink uh, any actual food stuff. It's a medicine that you can't have on Shabbat for, for healing, but food you can have. So, the Mara goes on and says, no, no, uh, what, what, he, what he permitted me was to grind it up and drink, grind up the vegetables for this concoction and drink it on Shabbat. Talmud, next question is, hey, what, what, is the, what is the actual circumstance in which he would issue such a permission? If there was a danger to life, well, we always set aside other prohibitions in the case of a danger to life. Of course he permitted the grinding of a medication if it was a life-threatening situation. The idaleka sakanta, but if there wasn't any uh, any danger to life, mesarasir, then it remains forbidden as in any normal circumstance. And the resolution is among those two choices, leolam deika sakanta. No, it is a case that when, in which Rabbi Hanina issued that permission, it is a case of a life-threatening danger. And the question was whether shechalayim were medicinally effective enough 
to to warrant the the viol the otherwise violation of Shabbat. And Rabbi Hanina ruled that yes, this, this particular vegetable grinding is so so uh, therapeutic that it can be ground on Shabbat. Why was Rabbi Hanina the one consulted? Well, he was a doctor in those days, because we know from another source that uh, here on the page that he was consulted in the case of being kicked by a white-footed donkey. That was his medical specialty. Some people are dermatologists or cardiologists, and he was evidently a specialist in, in the kicking of white-footed donkeys. All right, thanks for learning today's page with me. The most difficult page, or among the most difficult pages, difficult as carrying in a pan full of, of coals and incense and holding them in your elbows and your teeth to make them, uh, to make them part of the ritual. Thanks for learning, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.